Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, my friends. The opening music was by Salve Vocal Group from the CD, Native Angels by Salve. It's a wonderful uh, CD with many spiritual songs with Native American instruments and Gregorian chanting, unlike anything you've ever heard. If you want to order a copy, contact salve.org. Um, and you can also find them on Facebook. They do live shows, I'm happy to say. And they also you can listen to them, of course, for free on YouTube. And um, as I did, you can get your CD, Native Angels, 
on Amazon.com. I'm your host, uh, host and friend, uh, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on intent. The Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer, and all faiths are welcome. Uh, personally, I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish, of course. Um, I've had many spiritual experiences, and in gratitude and hope, uh, we have ongoing Bible readings and discussions about our spiritual experiences. And I'm just focused on just being my real self and carrying the message given to me. And um, like everything, uh, it was a mystical reason why I, I even used the Ryrie Study Bible. I actually found it when somebody had thrown it away near the trash cans, and I picked it up, and I've been reading this Bible ever since, and it's a real blessing to me. And I'm on my second copy. I wore out the first, of course, and now I'm on the second. And uh, you can use any Bible you wish, of course, and... Uh, you can go to www.biblia.com and uh, find a sort online source there if you don't have a Bible at home. Our calling number is 619-924-9744. And Sacred Sunday airs every Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Here we are, studying our Bible. Anyway, we welcome you to join us. And now for the opening prayer, let's say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We want to say, Christos Anestes, Easter is upon us, so happy Easter Everybody in the uh, Christian uh, English, they say, Easter world, and also for the Greek Orthodox and other Orthodox Christians, uh, Christos Aneski next week we'll have, uh, next Sunday we have Orthodox Easter. So we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives have been in great jeopardy, and those lives are taken for distorted and evil reasons, and they have become martyrs. We know that they're resting in peace in heaven where they pray for us now. We pray for all those sick and suffering here at home and also abroad. We also offer prayers for those who are sick in mind and body, those who are lonely and uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us our sins. We pray for those who are suffering from domestic violence in our own homes. And we also pray for freedom for an addiction from all kinds. Please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against evil and to protect all of us and for all of our angels to watch over everyone and please assign every single person their own personal angel to help and guide them as they get through this life. Our prayers also go out to all the ones who suffer in the world, including the poor animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president, the rest of all of our policy makers. We have many decisions to make and we are praying for all countries of suffering all over the world, and our hearts go out to all the Christians all over the world and others who also may be suffering because of their faith and all cruelty on all sides. You know, please, God, make their suffering ease because know that, that you are there and that the Holy Spirit come and wash over them. Please stand in the way and the hideous and awful crimes are being perpetrated on human beings. 
for evil intention and misguidedness and all-out insanity. Thank you, God, for protecting us. Please, Jesus Christ, we ask in your name, Jesus, please bless us and help us grow under your care. We also pray for everyone and their families. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to say happy birthday to everybody that's having a special birthday today, birthday people. And I also want to wish everybody a blessed and happy birthday year ahead and uh, very prosperous and filled with health and love and happiness and that your special dreams come true. And also happy anniversary and special announcements of everybody getting their certificates or their degrees or everything else. But just keep on working and bettering yourself and keep going. And those who just got a new job, yay! And those looking for a job, I hope you're successful and helping you to provide for yourself and your families. And my prayers go out to everybody. If you have a special prayer request or a positive intention, you know, you can call me during the program, 619-924-9744, and we can actually discuss it. Um, also, you can go to www.biblegateway.com for a copy of the Bible if you don't have one at home, because today we are reading Romans chapter 12, and it's been very exciting. And we want to thank for the notes, www shmoop.com. Shmoop, the scholars over there have helped and assisted us in uh, their summary of the Romans. So we're actually, I'm going to um, review Romans last week. We're on Romans chapter 11. And we had read all the notes, uh, the footnotes in the Bible. And uh, now I'm going to read the the um, the ones that are in the if you want to read them along with me, could you read the notes at www.shmoop.com and we're in the Epistles to the Romans, chapter 11. So let me get that on here. Hold on one second. And believe it or not, we have made it way through all the Gospels, every book up until Romans. So we're making our way through the whole New Testament and we've gotten very far. So uh, we're just going to keep going and... Uh, as soon as I get to this page, it's trying to connect now. I'm going one page over, and we'll be reading the notes from last week. And if I can't get it to connect right, you may just have to go on and just start reading the Bible and then then do our notes in a minute. I think that's what we'll do instead of waiting. So I want everybody open up your Bible to Romans chapter 12. Uh, we are, I've been really learning a lot about Paul and his ministry and he's uh, letting us know that um, the Jews are the chosen people, that eventually even the whole of Israel will come back to Jesus and that's who he waits for and that um, that's the way that's going to be at the end. You know, we don't know when the time for that's going to come, but it will happen, so that's promised us. So, the the Jewish people will still be held in high regard and that they will eventually come to understand that Jesus is their Savior. And um, I'm not saying this to uh, promote any kind of uh, argument or anything else. And I, you know, I don't get involved in any controversy whatsoever. I'm just reading out of the Bible. And I am, uh, um, I was actually born 
uh, and baptize a Greek Orthodox Christian, and I just follow along those lines, and uh, I just don't let anything hold me back from reading the Bible, no matter what it says. I'm I'm with it, and I'm going. I'm reading the New Testament, and that's just what I'm doing. So I'm not involved in any controversy. I read the notes, I read the Bible, and I'm trying to just uh, keep us all together here. So we're now at uh, Romans 12. And it says, righteousness, practice, application, and service in relation to ourselves. And now Paul is saying, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in relation to the church. For though the grace giving to me, I say some everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he, he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And just as we have many members of one body and all members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he, he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his ex- exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness in relations to society. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, spirit serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, and devoted to prayer contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you and do not curse. Rejoice to those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed them, and if he is thirsty, give him, give him a drink, for in so doing you will reap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome... Be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this is a very short chapter, but very powerful chapter, and it's very powerful for the Christian. We could read this every day to remind us that we're one of many parts and people have different gifts, and that each one is no better than the other one, and and that's it. So, So don't be prideful, and also... Don't be a doormat. So just be even and give all the mercy and love to God. Okay, let's start at 12, brethren. 
this is a, uh, we're talking, we're reading the notes out of the Ryrie Study Bible, and we're reading the footnotes now. We're starting on the 12.1. This appeal for dedication of life to be addressed to the believers, and by the mercies of God, which has been described in the preceding chapters, present a decisive decision, living sacrifice in contrast to dead, dead animal sacrifice, spiritual sacrifice, intelligent, rational, and deliberate. Do not be conformed. Do not live according to the style or manner of this present age. The only other occurrence of this Greek word in the New Testament is in 1 Peter 1.14. Be transformed. A continual process of change from the inside out. The word is used in Christ's transfiguration, also mind. The center is a change. Prove, ascertain. Dedication gives the ability to discern God's will. In introducing the subject to use of spiritual gifts, Paul warns us against high-mindedness and exhorts sober-mindedness, turned on the measure of faith to work in God for that which has been given to each one. So each one is given their faith, and then they're giving their the their uh, gift along with it, and it's that one body. For this concept, uh, it tells you to go see First Corinthians 12:12. 12, 12. Gifts on the spiritual gifts. According to the proportion of his faith, the revelations that come through the prophet must be in agreement with the body of truth already revealed. So we have lots of information, so whatever you're being given must actually go along with what the body of the truth is. So, as, you know, because as humans we tend to either elaborate or undertalk, misspeak, which I do a lot, and or whatever, but, you know, this way, have it practiced against other people and actually read the word and... Uh, to get your truth in, in 12.11, not lagging behind in diligence. Do not your zeal slacken, fervent in, so boiling within, meaning just keep excited about it and keep going. The exhortations concerning the believers' relations with unbelievers, and says that you hang around with them and do not uh, turn somebody away because you don't happen to like them. You're going to be praying for them and you abhor, abhor evil and cling to what is good and be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And then it says burning coals. The burning pangs of shame and guilt may lead to his repentance. So that's when you pay kindness with evil, with kindness, and it may reap, you know, coals on their head, which will bring them to shame. And let's see if I have the notes now. I think I do have the... Notes from, uh, summary from last week. Okay, let's summarize last week. And it was the Epistle to the Romans, and that was uh, chapter 11. And uh, my computer is being so low, slow this morning. Okay, so let's read it. Okay, so God has thrown aside the Jewish people, right? It's Gentile time. No, 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 Paul says. God has most definitely not rejected the Jews. After all, they're his peeps, his main squeeze, his chosen crew. Paul should know he's one of them too, after all. He tells us the story of Elijah to demonstrate. When Elijah's whole community had turned against him and started worshiping other gods, God told him that it was cool. See, God still saved a few of those people for himself, a few that hadn't totally gone over to the dark side. The same is true now, Paul says, that some Jews have chosen for salvation because God is just so much like that. It's true. God is loving. 
As a whole, the Jews stumbled a bit when it comes to believing in Jesus. But Paul is careful to note that that doesn't mean they've fallen flat on their faces. Sure, they did trip over their own feet when they were supposed to be running the ball in for the touchdown. But God hasn't permanently benched them. He's just brought the second team, the Gentiles. Start warming up. You're in. Look, it's like this. Jesus came to bring God's message to the Jews. Now, because the Jews don't believe in him, God has decided to spread his message out to non-Jews. And Paul says God did this to make Jews jealous. Interesting. And then now it says, apparently, this is like, I don't know, I'm going to read the next part. Anyway, on the plus side, the Jewish people's loss is the word world's gain. Now everyone gets a chance to be saved. Thanks, non-believers. So, you know, they're a little sarcastic when they're doing this. But anyway, the next section Paul addresses, especially to the Gentiles who won this special believing sweepstakes because the previous winners declined the prize. Hmm, that's a good way of looking at it. But anyway, Paul knows that he's kind of known as the apostle to the Gentiles, even though he's a Jew. But that's fine with him. Maybe his outreach to the Gentiles will make us so Jews jealous. Maybe that jealousy will lead them to salvation, and that would be awesome. After all, the Jews are like a tree with holy roots. Each individual person is a branch on that tree, but some of the branches have died and fallen off. And you know what? That's sad. In their place, God grafted some wild olive branches, as it were, called the Gentiles, that didn't belong on a tree, and that's the Gentiles. They're growing. We're Actually, we're being called wild olive branches. And when you think about the Gentiles, I guess we are a wild. Anyway, they're growing and sitting in nicely, though, so it's all good. The one problem is that sometimes these new branches get a bit cocky, but Paul reminds them not to get too full of themselves. After all, they're not the ones supporting the tree. That's the job for the Jewish root. Anyway, they only have a spot on the tree because some of the branches fell off and that they should be grateful they're even on there. Anyway, don't forget, God does not go easy on the original branches. He may go a little crazy with the hedge clippers next time he hears the new branches gloating. That's God's kind of deal. If he wants to chop off all the foreign branches and graft his favorite, his most cherished branches back on, he can. He's God. He can do stuff like that. So don't get cocky, Gentiles. Don't think you're smarter than you are. Right now, the non-believers who are Jews are not your friends in Christ, but don't forget that God totally loves them. He goes way back with them. He's promised them things, and God promises. God's promises are always a no-take-back kind, and he will show them mercy because showing people mercy is one of God's favorite things. So that's Schmoop's uh, summary and uh, I, I really like these uh, these college kids that got this together and uh, gave me the summary. So that's why I use their summary because it's, it's my favorite uh, page to go through. So anyway, so next week we'll be actually going on into uh, Romans chapter 13, which is kind of amazing. And uh, I just wanted to, I only have like six minutes left, so... Uh, I hope I can say this fast enough, and I'm going to tell you is that I usually tell you a story out of the guidepost, or sometimes you tell me I read something out of my book, or I read from the Angel magazine. So I'm going to tell you a dream I had, and I had this dream on Monday, and it's really phenomenal. I hope that I can speak it and get it across and how profound it was for me. I had this really long dream that seemed to last so long that I was dreaming about my son, and then in, in my son, 
Uh, it was actually a, in this life. My son is an actor. I had been a single parent most of his life, and uh, you know, it's, I've always wondered, you know, did I do enough for him? What would happen if his father had been with me to help raise him and things like that? And so I've had this sorrow that has been clinging to me uh, his whole life. And my son is uh, getting older now. He uh, was born in 76, so he's a mature adult man. But in this dream, I dreamt about a parallel life where my son, me, and his father uh, watched him grow up. And my son, uh, I, I dreamt about his whole life from birth to uh, him joining the Army, uh, his life in the Army, and me and his father went to visit him in the Army uh, where he was stationed, and we were there uh, asking him, you know, can't you write us more? We miss you. And uh, he was just being, uh, he's just traveling the world with the Army, and that, uh, you know, he wasn't meaning to neglect us, but he was just uh, very busy uh, with his own life and uh, just going on. And then in this lifetime, uh, the same thing has happened. My son has uh, lives in New York. He moved to New York. He's an actor. He's an amazing man. Um, he unfortunately has never met his father, and I have always felt this so pain so deep in my heart because of it. And uh, anyway... Uh, in this life, he's traveled the world as he did in the in the parallel life is what I'm calling it. He's traveled the world too. He's seen everywhere. He's been everywhere from China to Australia to England to Greece to Spain, South America, Scotland. Um, I can't even tell you uh, how many, but he's traveled the whole world. And the dream was telling me when I woke up, I just felt so awestruck. It's like God was showing me, okay, so you think these things were missing. Here it is, his, your son's whole life with you and your his father married and raising him, and uh, it still turned out the same. So it's nothing that you can do. It's just happened and that God has our destiny in hand, and it would still turn out the same, even if things, so I'm not telling everyone, Forgive yourself. Whatever happened has happened. Go forward with God's will and his love for you. Because it would have turned out the same in this in this universe or a parallel, a parallel universe. It still would have turned out the same, no matter what we did. And because there's a certain destiny. I don't know where you're standing on that. Is it? And I have no argument about it. I'm just telling you, this is the dream and the vision that was sent to me. That, that God's will be done, not ours. And that uh, we too are to show more and more love and forgiveness. We're powerless over the past. We can't shut the door on the past. There's nothing we can do about it. What's done has been done. Just enjoy your life, your love, and your family. And I wish every good thing for you and God's will be done in our lives. And we just have to realize that live the best life you can if you need to change, change as soon as you can with God's help and ask the angels and the Blessed Mother and Jesus Christ to watch over you and help you do it, to do everything that you need to do to change in this universe and in many others, if that's the way it is. I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm just telling you uh, this dream. So we're at the end uh, tonight. Now let's just close with uh, the prayer of of our tradition after a moment of silent meditation for those 
who are still suffering in this world. And, oh, God, there's so much suffering and pain in the world. Please bring us joy and happiness in every little thing. Help us be grateful for every little positive thing and count our blessings. After a moment of silence, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And I would just want to let you know, thank you for listening to another Sunday. God bless you and bring you and your family uh, next week, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I love you very much. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you.